We're going to have a, a talk now. I'm going to invite Matt Carr up to uh, give some words here. If you need a drink or uh, need to go to the bathroom or something like that, this is obviously a good time. So Matt's got a short talk, and we're just and we'll we'll go right into that. Mr. Herod, you got Herod in the front row again. Lucky for you. <laughs> All right, Matt. Uh, let's just say a quick blessing uh, and ask the Lord to to open our hearts to what Matt has to say to us here in our community. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Lord Jesus Christ, King of Holy, King of Kings, and Lord of Lords, we ask you to bless Matt, uh, to inspire his words, to open our hearts to what he has to say to us this morning about living in deep relationship. Come Holy Spirit. Amen. In the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hey, everybody. Good morning. Good to see you, uh, guests. Good to have you. Alex, Rachel, Patrick, thanks for leading us in worship. That was great, uh, really spirit-led, I thought. This morning, uh, why don't we just, uh, there's been a number of things that have happened over the last day in my life. My uh, tents cleaning the house yesterday, my wife got stuck on her way home from the G.K. Chesterton group. And I didn't respond with a ton of patience at 10.30 at night. And, uh, and then uh, our son, Anthony, I croup cough at like 2.15 in the morning, which is stressful because he has a hard time breathing. And then he had a migraine in the, in the middle of it. And so why don't we just invite any kind of... Let's just invite our angels to be here to fight our battles for us against any spirit of the Antichrist that might want to prevail in my family and in your hearts this morning. Uh, so, um, St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle, be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, Prince of the heavenly host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. I'm reminded of the, the parable of the soils. and. Um, Lord, I just pray right now that you would put your protection around this room, around our children upstairs, around everybody in our community, that the word, your word, which is Jesus, may take root in deep soil in our life and bear abundant fruit. We pray that you would protect it as you speak your word uh, to us through our worship. Uh, I think I pray that you would protect that word not to be torn away or choked out by uh, weeds, uh, but that it would bear 30, 60, and 100 fold in our life. Amen. I'm just going to talk uh, this morning a little bit about what it is, is our call in a covenant community to be a community, to be a people. Uh, that God can dwell in. I, I remember uh, a long time ago when Jen and I were first discerning whether or not we should do this, I was meeting with a professor uh, who has a history in this, Ralph Martin, up at Sacred Heart Seminary in Detroit. And we were having lunch together. This is like in 2008. And I was telling him about, I felt called to do SPO and to start community and he's like, it's going to be hard to do both of those. And he was, 
I still did both of those, and he was right. But um, uh, I said, and he was asking me about this call to community life, and I said, well, here's the deal. We were, we were in CCR and SPO and NET, and our experience was people just didn't, ex and we had been working in ministry for three or four years full-time, five or six years at that point, full-time, uh, and, uh, and I just told them, people don't expect the depth of relationship both with the Lord and with one another that Jen and I expect. That's what, we, that's what I said to him. Uh, we expected a depth of relationship with our brothers and sisters uh, in our church, and we expected a depth of relationship with God and with the power of the Holy Spirit in our life that other people just didn't expect. It wasn't even an imaginary category in their mind that we can be, we can both be following and growing with the Lord and be really transparent and vulnerable about where we're at in our personal life, and that's going to be okay, right? My, my supervisor at NET always talks about in order to get somewhere, you have to know two things. You have to know, first of all, where you're going, right? Where you're going is really important. Otherwise, how can you get there? But it's also just as important to know what else? Where you are, right? where you are. I mean, from, you know, I can, I can probably get to New York from, from, from here, you know what I mean? But if I'm in Atlanta, it's a different set of directions to get there. So God has this plan to make us holy, to make us his people, but he's also has, knows where we're at. In my experience in living this community life out, and uh, living my marriage out, I mean, how many of you who've been married, realize that the kind, the, how many of you have been surprised by the marital issues that you have faced in your wedding, those people who've been married long enough to deal with actual issues? Anybody? Has anybody been surprised? I've been surprised. I've been surprised by the depth of depravity, I guess would be the word, in my own self. And I've been surprised by the depth of depravity in my spouse, right? Is that we are really, really broken people. And when we come into community life, our goal isn't to just kind of wash over that and we're going to be really holy people and talk about really holy things. The Lord is about a transformation in us that's really deep and the brokenness in you and the brokenness in me is worse than we first thought. But there's, there's good news to that too, right? <coughs> the good news to that is God already knows all of that and has still called us to be married to one another and to be in community with one another. And since he knows that, and his plan is to redeem us and to bring about a deeper healing than we knew possible, the cross and the grace of the cross and the power of the Spirit must be more powerful than I thought. Because if my sin was bigger than I thought, then the grace is bigger than I thought too.
because His plan is to bring about total restoration and redemption. I was, I'm just going to read a couple scriptures this morning about what it means to be Christ's body and what it means to be His people. I think I've learned our kids go to a Protestant school called Faith Christian Academy. It's a classical school. A lot of you know that. But I've learned uh, from being in that and standing sort of in the wound of the division between Christians uh, that a lot of times the expectation of community in evangelical and Southern Baptists and Pentecostals is a lot higher than it is for us as Catholics. <laughs> we have a, a birthday party tonight, and a couple girls from, Gen, from Gabrielle's school are spending the night, but one of them, you know, her grandparents are bringing her tonight because her parents have community group. That's just... In a lot of Protestant churches, that's just how it is. For us as Catholics, sometimes we relate to the church as a big sacramental service center, right? We don't even belong to a parish necessarily or a group of people. But God has called us in Heart of the Redeemer to be a people, to be a community, to be a community that's transformed by his power and his love. And we, since most of us are Catholics, and if you grew up in the Catholic church, around here at least, and I think most of America, there's a lot we need to learn about what it means to be a people and to be a community because a lot of times we haven't experienced that growing up. We went to church on Sunday. You might have played sports for the parochial school. Maybe you even went to Catholic school. God bless you if you went to Catholic school <laughs> in my day. Hopefully you're still Catholic. Most of my classmates aren't. Um, and so I wanted, I, wanted to, uh, I wanted to just read a scripture, first of all, from Exodus. This is, this is kind of long. This is from Exodus 33, starting in chapter 7. You can look it up. You can read it along if you want on your phone or in your Bible. <clears throat> Moses used to pitch his tent outside the camp at some distance. It was called the tent of meeting. And anyone who wished to consult the Lord would go to the tent of meeting outside the camp. Can you imagine that? Moses lived out there. If we wanted to talk to God, we got to go to this tent outside the camp. And whenever Moses went out to the tent, the people would all rise and stand at the entrance of their own tents, watching Moses until he entered the tent. As Moses entered the tent, the column of cloud would come down and stand at its entrance while the Lord spoke with Moses. On seeing the column of cloud stand at the entrance of the tent, all the people would rise and bow down at the entrance of their own tents. The Lord used to speak to Moses face to face, <clears throat> as a person speaks to a friend. Moses then would return to camp, but his young assistant Joshua, son of Nun, never left the tent. <laughs> Moses said to the Lord, 
See, you're telling me, lead this people. But you have not let me know whom you will send with me. Yet you have said, you are my intimate friend. You have found favor with me. Now, if I've found favor with you, please let me know your ways, so that in knowing you, I may continue to find favor with you. See, this nation is indeed your own people. The Lord answered, I myself will go along with you to give you rest. Moses replied, If you're not going yourself, do not make us go up from here. For how can it be known that I and your people have found favor with you except by your going with us? Then we, your people and I, will be singled out from every other people on the surface of the earth. And the Lord said to Moses, This request too, which you have made, I will carry out, because you have found favor with me, and you are my intimate friend. I don't know when you read that, but when I read that, I think the main point's this. Without the presence of God, there are no people. <laughs> no presence, no people. The thing that makes us, heart of the Redeemer, part, not the whole certainly of the people of God, <laughs> is that the presence of God goes with us. God says, I'll go with you myself. And Moses says, don't send us up if you're not going to go with us. Otherwise, no one will know that we're your people. Here's the deal. No one's going to know that heart of the Redeemer is the people of God unless the presence of God is with us. I find it funny. I, I'm looking for organizational structure in my life. Moses didn't ask God, okay, you know, just ask, make your request known to me, you know, show me your ways. What, the Lord's like, well, what do you want to know? Well, I really need to know how to organize the people. He didn't ask for that. Moses, see, Moses is more aware of his depravity than me. I believe that if I have an organizational system and structure, we can go and build it. I'm wrong. Right? God when his presence comes, he builds people. <laughs> Love it. When we come together, we ought to be begging the Lord for more of his presence, more of his power, for more of his spirit, because that is what makes us his people. And now I want to go just to 1 Corinthians. I'm not going to read it. I will read it in a second. Actually, Ephesians 4. We are called to be one body, right? One body. What makes us one body? The Spirit. One body. One Spirit. Why are we one body? Because, Max, the same Spirit that's in you is in me. And there's one Spirit, so one body. We look like two bodies, don't we? 
The same spirit that's in my wife, Jen, is the same spirit that's in me. The same spirit that's in all of you. One baptism, one Lord, one faith, one church, one God and Father of us all. Right? That's Ephesians 4. One spirit is in us. That's what makes us one body. That's what makes us one people. Is that the same spirit is in you that's in me. When Jesus, when Jen, Jesus, I should say Jesus, when, when Jen and I felt called to start community here, you know the first thing we did? The first thing we did wasn't to begin to teach a way of life. So the first thing we did is begin to have people over to our house and invite them to come on a fan and a flame retreat so that they could get baptized in the Holy Spirit. That was our instinct. <laughs> Praise the Lord. It was good. But the reality is that for us to be one people, we have to be filled with the one spirit. Last week, Nick, at our initiation night, shared a word. I, I have it written down here somewhere, but I don't know where it is. Do you remember it, Nick? No? Kind of? It was God is looking for a place or a people or a habitation. I, is, that might have been the word you used. A habitat for His presence to dwell. He's looking for a people who say, we want that presence in our life. However, it's manifested. And we know through being part of the charismatic renewal that the manifestation of the Spirit is not always the coolest thing of the world. Sorry, millennials. It's not super cool. Sometimes it's like awkward. Like tongues is not super cool, right? I mean, it's like, who wants tongues? No one says, hey, that's really what I want. Now, some people do, but that lets you know the sort of people you're getting, you're getting with. Dancing's not cool, but I've seen the Holy Spirit make people dance. I, I, I'm not going to go into that, but I've seen it. Seminarians at the North American co co College. The Lord Spirit is what we want. And if it makes us look awkward, or if it makes us look different, or if it makes us look peculiar, then so be it. It's too good. His presence. Do we want that? Do we want that in our life? So Moses hits on something there. And he's asking God to show more his ways, and that is without his presence, we cannot be his people. The very call we have to be a people, to be a community on mission requires the grace of God and it requires His presence. And if you notice, the request for more of His presence takes place in the intimacy of a relationship between God and Moses. There's no more tent of meeting. The tent of meetings, the, sh the, sh the veil has been lifted because of Jesus. He had, Jesus came, and He and the Father's plan was for Him to die and to ascend into heaven so that they could pour out the Spirit on us. And it's only after the outpouring of the Spirit on Pentecost that tongues begins to be manifested, miracles and healings take place, 
that Jesus' disciples go and do in his name, and the bond of peace, which is the Spirit, is poured out on them. See, the promise is for you and for your children and for those who are far off, whoever the Lord God will call. That's what Peter says in Acts 2. And that Spirit brings an ontological change in us, right? It redeems us and washes away our sins. The Spirit makes us, these are just the graces of baptism, y'all. It makes us children of God. You guys know that song. I'm no longer a slave to sin or to fear. I am a child of God. That song's not just good, it's actually true, right? The Spirit incorporates us into as members of the body, the body of Christ. We're now members of one another. We're His body. And I believe the call to be a people that represents him is deeply related to his body. In Ephesians 4, it says, As a prisoner for the Lord, then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling that you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort. This is Ephesians 4, starting in verse 1. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit. Just as you were called to one hope when you were called, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. But to each one of us, grace has been given as apportioned, as Christ apportioned it. This is why it says, and then Paul quotes Psalm 68, when he ascended on high, he took many captives and gave gifts to his people. So in other words, when Jesus ascended, Paul is applying Psalm 68 to Jesus. When Jesus ascended from heaven, from the dead, from hell, he brought many captives with them, and on those captives he gave gifts of the Spirit. This is one of the ways that Paul is saying that we know that we're actually filled with the Spirit is because the gifts of the Spirit are manifested where the presence of God is. It's not just a cool add-on. It's like a necessary manifestation. So Christ himself gave apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we each reach in the unity unity in faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. There will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. From him the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. So here's the deal. The Spirit is being poured out. The Spirit's presence is the sign that we're his people, but each of us doesn't have the full manifestation of the Spirit in our life. We actually need each other to reach full maturity. So this body that he's calling together isn't just so that 
we can have get our kicks on it or because it's really good for us, but actually we need other people to be manifesting the gifts so that we can become the mature body of Christ. This is the plan. I mean, you can read about it in 1 Corinthians 12 and 13, Ephesians 4, Romans 12. It's the same teaching by Paul. So we're actually members of the one body. The Spirit dwells in us both corporately and individually. And the Spirit is poured out on us individually so that we can become more the body of Christ. So in order to be the people that the Lord wants us to be, we need His presence to go with us. In the intimacy of our relationships personally with the Lord, we ought to be asking that the Lord has poured out more on us and more on us as a body. We'll begin to know that because it should manifest itself in things. I know like words of knowledge, prophetic words that we heard this morning, our worship. And lastly, the Paul's, Paul talks about at the end of 1 Corinthians 12 into 13, He says this, and yet I will show you a more excellent way than the spiritual gifts. He wants the spiritual gifts. Strive eagerly. But the primary manifestation here, or what we're looking for, is love. If I speak in tongues of men or angels but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have faith that can move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship, like Exodus 90, that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. When I look at that, and I look at our body, I think, I look at myself, I think we have a long way to go right? We're not always patient. We're prone to jealousy. We're not always a good representative, both in our own marriages, but certainly as a body of the love that Christ has called us to. And we, I think, need to recommit to the Lord to turn away from our sinfulness because our brokenness is much deeper than we knew. (laughs) And for us to really be part of a people that the Lord wants there needs to be a bigger transformation in us, both as individuals and as a body. Uh, I just want to pray. Patrick, do you want to play your guitar while I pray? It makes my prayer sound better. Sure thing. <laughs> Plus, I love all the spiritual songs. Rachel, Patrick, that was awesome. So why don't we just... Why don't we just, you can stand or you can sit, doesn't matter. Why don't we just ask the Lord just right now for three things. First, 
that we don't want to go anywhere. We don't want to be representatives of him. We, don't, we can't be his people without his presence. So first, Lord, we just turn to you as a people and say we want more of your presence. Baptize us more in your spirit. Give us a new grace, a new grace of the Holy Spirit for the mission of being a people that you've called us to be. And Lord, I pray that that wouldn't just be contained, but it would overflow in manifestations. That you, as you lead us as captives free, and we follow you and your presence, your cloud of your cloud goes with us and the pillar of fire at night just surrounds us. We pray, Lord, that your spiritual gifts would begin to manifest so that we could be fully mature. We could become a fully mature body in you. That when people look at us, they would say, this is Jesus. And Lord, we confess that we are more broken than we know. And that love is not always manifest in our relationships with one another and ourselves and how we treat one another. And Lord, we pray that love would be the primary sign. How we love one another, how we're patient, how we're not envying, how we're kind, how we're trusting, how we're hopeful. Transform us, Lord, because we need it. Jesus, come, Lord. Just sing out, just in the spirit, to ask for those things. Come, Lord Jesus. This room, oh Lord, make us a people, oh God. Your presence would go with. We would manifest the spirit, oh God. That love would be the crowning fruit, oh God, Jesus. We confess our sins. We confess we cannot do it without you. Jesus, Jesus. sing a song. Let's keep pushing in and keep asking. Come, Lord Jesus, more of your presence and more of your power here. Let's give us three more minutes. Come, Lord. Holy Spirit, come. come. We want more here. Jesus, show us your ways, oh God, oh Lord. Praise you, Lord. We press in right now. Baptize us with a new fire for the mission of being your people you called us to. Yes, Lord. Yes, Jesus. Yes, Lord. 
Matt, that was awesome. Let's, we're going to close with a prayer. Let's just uh, say a Hail Mary together as we close today. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the all of the We ashes of all graces, pray for us. All right, thank you, folks. And Father, and Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you, guys. That was awesome, Patrick. Patrick. Rachel, Alex, that's it for our gathering. Grab a drink if you'd like. There's donuts in the back. Uh, try to get the donuts before the kids do, but you may have missed your chance.